Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From My Point of View. Today is Tuesday, July 11th, and we're into the all-star break for the MLB season. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is your 2023 Home Run Derby champ. Uh, The Home Run Derby, I I mean, I didn't really watch too much of it. Um, I actually just... I don't know why I lied just then. I didn't watch it last night. I watched it this morning. Some saint, some saint of an individual uploaded the entire thing on YouTube. So I kind of just like watched, watched it. It was like an hour long, whatever it was. Um, It's not the same. It's not the same. And I don't know if that's because I'm older. I know a lot of things kind of get that way when you get a little bit older, that sense of childlike wonder you once held for these kind of events dissipates a little bit but I think a major reason probably the the biggest reason is just Chris Chris Berman doesn't do it anymore uh because he's retired that's easily the biggest reason I think actually I think it was Carl Ravitch and Eduardo Perez they stink I'm sorry, I just I don't want to be mean I, I don't want to be mean. Um, you know, they're industries of the game. They obviously, well, I don't know. I wouldn't say obviously, but like they kind of know what they're talking about. I don't find either one of them particularly entertaining. So when they're like the guys doing the baseball broadcasts, it kind of stinks. Um, again, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to be like super disrespectful or anything like that, but I just don't find them particularly entertaining. And when the whole point of the home run derby is for these players to showcase their powers and to be entertaining, when the guys that are that are calling it are just like, wow, there's a shot. Yeah, he's going to have to get it going. He's going to have to get it going. Let's see if he can get one out here. There's one. Yep, there's another. Uh-huh. There's another. Yup. And that's that's literally the whole broadcast. Like, and then Eduardo Perez is like, he's gotta get it up and in. That's where uh, you know, that's where Julio Rodriguez wants it. And then he throws one a little too high. He's like, Yeah, no, you don't want it there. You want it a little bit a little bit more down. And it's like, oh, we can we know. We he's throwing BP. He's throwing BP. We we get it. It's just And I know Boomer just kind of did the same thing back 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 the entire time like that was basically the the entirety of the broadcast but it was fun it was funny it was like entertaining it was it was great like he just had he was better at it like i don't know man it just it was great um so and the contestants really you know they they don't really move the needle for me, I feel like baseball is really lacking a um a superstar, you know? And it's almost like the NBA and the MLB are almost kind of like in the same ballpark where they're lacking a superstar because all the superstars in MLB are now retired. Mike Trout is awesome, but he just he gets injured. He has been getting injured way too often. He has absolutely no playoff experience at all. So, you know, the casual fans not watching him. And 
Judge is an unbelievable baseball player. He plays for the New York Yankees, but he is just um, a little too humble. A little too humble. Like Jeter, the allure of Derek Jeter was that he played a premier position in baseball, shortstop. He played for the premier team in the, in baseball, the New York Yankees, and they won a lot when he was young. He came into the league and they and immediately was like a key contributor on a great team and they just rattled off several championships in like the first quarter of his career. And that is something that is unbelievable and for those reasons he became a household name and someone that people really enjoyed watching and looked up to and idolized for the next 15 years, you know? And on top of that, he was single. He was a good-looking dude. He was, you know, dating or rumored to be dating all these attractive women and models and actresses and singers. And he hung with a cool crowd, right? Other cool, really cool guys. It was like peak 90s, you know? He was hanging out with Tiger Woods. He was hanging out with Michael Jordan. Like, they all kind of partied in that same stratosphere of, like, unbelievably accomplished and young, good-looking superstars. And sports just don't really have that today. Griffey's another one of those dudes. Like, Griffey was just the pop culture icon that baseball really needed. And there's no one that even comes close to that nowadays. No one. Uh, And again, you don't really have any of these guys in baseball that are going out there and just being cool. You know, they're all just kind of like head to the ground. And maybe the other thing too is the cool guys, the cool players, they're they're Spanish speaking players. So you don't really get that same effect in America. Cause for whatever reason, you know, they're speaking a foreign language is different. Shohei Otani, same thing. Um and that's what's happening in the NBA right now. There's a lot of foreign players that the NBA just they're not, they're probably not thrilled about marketing-wise. Um, all the, the, the two U.S.-born guys who are supposed to be superstars are Zion and John Morant. John Morant keeps getting in trouble, and Zion can't get on the court. So it's just a weird, it's a, it, the sports are more, maybe more difficult than they've ever been. Obviously, every athlete, every generation, they get bigger, faster, stronger, and that's just the way that, you know, human evolution works in sports, right? So it's just for the home run derby, there's like no one cool. There was no one cool. Mookie Betts is awesome. Like, I love Mookie Betts. Um, He is like a crazy athlete, just able to do all these different things really, really well. but. Julio Rodriguez is cool. He's on the Mariners. Like, he should, in theory, be like a Griffey-esque player. I feel like he just hasn't been. The Mariners aren't very good this year. They're a 500 team, so I think that's definitely playing into it. Um, Adoles Garcia, like all these guys, really good ball players, but none of them have that, that like, draw to be 
like this superstar kind of player. I, I just... May, uh, there's a very real possibility that nostalgia is just plaguing me. And I look back at a lot of these guys and I'm like, wow, they were so cool. But like, I don't think I'm wrong. And you just look at the 90s and early 2000s and think about all the guys that were here. Yes, you had steroids involved. So guys like Maguire, Sosa, those were household names because of their raw power. But even guys like Bobby Abreu, who was in the home run derby a, a couple times. Like, Bobby Abreu was a fun baseball player, you know? And then Griffey was super cool. Um, and then you had the, the threesome of Jeter, A-Rod, and Nomar, who were just, effort, all three of them, effortlessly cool on really good ball clubs. I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I really just don't know. There's just no players... Like Jimmy Rollins, Jimmy Rollins popped in my mind. Ryan Howard, Ryan Howard was at the celebrity softball game. Cool baseball player, like really good NL MVP, right? So I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it's weird to look at it, but like Pete Alonzo has been in the home run derby a few times. He's even won it once, but like, is Pete Alonzo cool? Like Mike Piazza was cool. Mike Piazza was really cool. Was is Pete Alonso cool? Frankie Lindor is cool, but he's just I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have been looking at him recently, like kinda there was that whole thing with Jason Kipnis and you know, to be fair, Jason Kipnis, I don't really care what he has to say about baseball. He wasn't a he was made the all-star team once somehow, but like I, I don't really consider him to be a particularly great baseball player. Um but he said that, you know, Lindor wasn't like a leader for the Indians and they were in the they were the Indians at the time. Uh so I don't know. It it's like it's hard. I, I just I just think it's it's difficult. Um Vladimir Guerrero Sr., way cooler than his son. <laughs> no offense to Vladdy Jr., and Vlad Jr. is a terrific baseball player, and he has excelled exceptionally as a first baseman, already winning a gold glove. The fact that, you know, he, he was a third baseman and he moved to first. Um, I just... His dad was so much cooler, and I think maybe that was because he was a very unique outfielder. He like maybe Vlad Guerrero uh, Senior had maybe the the best arm that I've ever seen with my own two eyes. He was electric in that fashion. So I just do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm getting at? It like Luis Robert Junior. What a effortless power. Really good baseball player. But the White Sox are just irrelevant in all aspects of, of baseball. The White Sox are completely irrelevant. Tim Anderson Jr. forgot how to play. Tim Anderson Jr. was on that trajectory. He was, he was cool. And now he's just like, he's batting below 250. This is a guy in 2019. He batted, won a batting title. 
or close. I think he won a batting title, close to it. Bad like three thirty something. He had a great year. I just I want, and there's there's definitely so. I think the thing with baseball is there's definitely where it's like. The Yankees were a dynasty, and Jeter was the face of a dynasty that was, like, hated, but also cool, um, like Curry-esque, where everyone wanted to be, all these young kids wanted to be Steph Curry, and the Warriors were just, they dominated that period of time, and if you were growing up in that period of time, you're a young kid getting into sports, the, obviously in this case, basketball, everyone wanted to be Steph Curry, that's the way it was, that was how it was in the 90s, right? It affected me. The Yankees won all throughout the late 90s, and they were very competitive through the 2000s, and that's the reason why I became a Derek Jeter fan. It's the reason why I wanted to play baseball. That's the reason, right? So the Lakers, Kobe, like, cool. Same thing. I just, I don't know, man. I just feel like, and I think it it has to do with everything that I've kind of added, where in the actual game, there isn't a a bona fide superstar who is wildly successful. Like even Ronald Acuna Jr. may be the most talented player in baseball outside of Shohei Otani. He might have 40-40 this year. I hope he does it. I hope he does it because it will rejuvenate a lot. I think a lot of people, it's, it's exceptional. Right, Ronald Acuna Jr.? He already is, I think he has almost 40 stolen bases already. He has over 30, so he'll clear that easily. And I think he has like 22, 23 home runs. So he can get there. He can get the definitely, uh, definitely get there. But even with him, he has 21 home runs and he's batting 331. He's going to win uh, NL MVP, finally. But even he, during the Braves World Series run, he wasn't in it because he got injured halfway through the year. And it's, it's a weird catch-22 scenario because the Braves were, they were a good team, but they weren't like, I don't think anyone looked at them like, yeah, this is a World Series caliber team. Ronald Acuna goes down, right? And suddenly the Braves have to try and fill a hole. What are we doing? Are we buying? Are we selling this year? What are we doing? They buy, and they buy big. Uh, they get Jorge Soler. They get um, Eddie Rosario. I think they went out and also got Marcelo Zuna at that point in time. And who else did they got? They got someone else, too. That was a... Um, I can't remember. But... These guys, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, Ozuna, they got they were acquired by the Braves because of Acuña's injury. And then they went on to be huge factors in that World Series against Houston. And you kind of look at it and say, well, do do the Braves even get injured? Like Acuña wasn't a part of the playoff run, but I'm not sure the the Braves even get there if Acuña doesn't get injured. Uh so He's had like a, a a long track back. He's finally back to like peak Ronald Acuna. Um, but even then, it's like that's what I'm saying. He's so talented, and he should be a household name. But even when the Braves won a World Series, he, he didn't get to play. 
So a lot of people are probably just now coming around to the fact that this guy is like an under otherworldly superstar. Um, and again, Spanish speaking, I'm not saying it's it's bad, but I think just it's it's weird to market that to like an American fan base, you know. And a lot of the guys I watched growing up were American, which just makes it makes it easier for the news also like pop culture coverage a-rod's out doing that he's a again good looking dude he's out dating these girls jeter's doing the same thing griffey is young and handsome and cool and probably most importantly if we're talking in terms of marketing black uh he is the reason why a lot of young black kids decided to play baseball, uh, which even now, like baseball's percentage of African-Americans in the sport is very low. It is the same. I mean, hockey's definitely the lowest, but it is, it's low. And I think it's obvious that a lot of the super athletic, talented young black kids that play sports, they want to either play football or basketball. And that's because now in the nineties, right? Early two thousands or the, in in the nineties to the early two thousands, Griffey was cool. So by extension, baseball was cool, but there is no Griffey like figure. I'm not even sure there will ever be another Ken Griffey Jr. To be honest with you, but, or even you know, akin to Ken Griffey Jr. But now there's no guy in the league that people can look at and be like, he's cool. I want to play baseball because he plays baseball because he's cool. And you have so many of those kind of players in football and in basketball. And whether that's because that breaks down to a lot of things. I think the MLB is marketed by far the worst out of any other sport. Um, basketball, Adam Silver, they have done a sensational job. I, I question Adam Silver on a lot of things, specifically when it comes to, you know, how players have recently been pushing around franchises to basically do whatever they want. I think there needs to be a little bit of a line. Um Obviously, at the end of the day, you want your superstars to be happy, but they have done a really good job of making these a, a global sport in the game of basketball. It is the it is a a league that has a lot of very talented players from all across the the world, which baseball does even better. And then football is just marketed out the ass. I mean, they have everything. It is, and it is easier, the drawback with fo- with baseball compared to football is that football, there are only 17 games in the entire calendar year, and they take place within a period of time from September to February, right? Three times a week, Sunday, uh, Sunday football, and then Monday night and Thursday night football, we get NFL games. And because it's only one, specifically Monday and Thursday night, it's the only thing going on for football. It's just easier to market that kind of scheduling. But also, like, 
guys are more individualistic. Baseball has has had this problem for a while, and it's just the guys themselves don't really. They're not, they don't market themselves in the same way as these other players. And whether that's because of just the common personality that maybe some of the, all these guys share, because I know as a baseball player, you're kind of caught up in your, your ways. You know, a lot of those guys, the NHL is the same way. A lot of the NHL players, they don't particularly market themselves uh, in a way to, you know, like in a way that basketball players and football players individually market themselves. It's just not the same. Uh, so all these different combinations with baseball, I think, kind of lead into the fact that it's it's struggling from to market these events and like the, even the All Star Game. We can we can get into this now too. The All Star Game is tonight as I'm recording this. And like a bunch of players from the Rangers are starting. It reminds me back in, I think it was 2015 or 2016. uh, Seven of the nine starters were from the Kansas City Royals. No disrespect to those players at all, but that is stupid. You know, it's, it's so stupid. Um... And people are saying Garrett Cole, so Garrett Cole got the nod to be the AL starting pitcher. He's the only Yankee in the game, I think, in, in the entire All-Star game. Um, deservingly so. I mean, Garrett Cole's been very good this year. But people were like, why isn't Nathan Evaldi starting? <laughs> Nathan Evaldi. I don't care how good of a game, how good he's been playing. Nathan Evaldi's not Garrett Cole, okay? There's, there's a reason. There's sometimes things like this just need to happen. And I did say last week, it would be kind of cool if Luis Castillo started just because he's a Seattle Mariner, but he'll he'll get in there. You know, he'll he'll get in there. I'm not worried about that. But it's just so it's so bizarre. Like <laughs> why why are so many Texas Rangers starting? It's just it's weird. There's not I don't know, man. It it just it reminds me of something I think about even with basketball. Like they showed the 2023 All-NBA First Team compared to the, the 2003 All-NBA First Team. And the 2003 All-NBA First Team was like Kobe, T-Mac, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and I'm going to... I, I want to say Allen Iverson, but I don't know. Hold on, let me see. NBA First Team. I'm forget, I, I feel bad for forgetting who I'm thinking of right now. Um. Shaq. Wow, that was bad. Shaq. So <laughs> that's that's bad that I forgot Shaq. But the 2003 All-NBA first team was Shaq, Kobe, Tim Duncan, Kevin Darnett, Kevin Garnett, and Tracy McGrady. Like, every, Tim Duncan was awesome. I wouldn't necessarily consider him cool just because of how who he is as a person. But everyone else on that list is just effortlessly cool. Like, savages awesome, really cool basketball players. And then this first team is just like a bunch of guys who don't really like, like Embiid's cool, I guess. But, you know, people are kind of sick of the process, right? It kind of became his nickname, which was weird. But 
people are sick of that. They're over they're over the Sixers with that kind of stuff. You know? Jason Tatum, a dude who should be someone that the NBA tries to market as the face of the league, but who a lot of people saw in the finals and were like, yikes, you know? Um, and also, like, he's pretty reserved. He's a reserved dude. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's just, I'm getting back, I'm getting off of basketball now. It's back to baseball is just there. Even some of the best players in the league. Let's just Google. Let's Google best MLB players right, or 2023. Let's do that. Best MLB players 2023. Um, here, this is from March from CBS Sports. It's from March. This is going into the year. Uh, let's just scroll all the way up. 99 was Dansby Swanson. Like, Dansby Swanson should have been cool, but just not good enough. Shohei Otani, Japanese-based pitcher, super cool. People aren't gravitated towards him because he's Japanese. It's hard to, to market that to an American audience. I obviously know how great Shohei Otani is, and I obviously know how cool Shohei Otani is. But I'm talking about from the perspective of, like, my friends. Right, my friends who my friends who don't like baseball, uh, the the handful of them that don't like baseball, they don't watch it, they don't really keep up with who the good players are anymore. Even when when we were younger, they did. Right, I'll give my example. Shout out to my friend Riley. He was a weird Red Sox fan growing up. Right, but if I asked him right now, he could probably name. At least 10 to 15 players from the Red Sox from the years of like 2002 to 2007 or 8, right? Manny Ortiz, Euclid, all those guys, Johnny Damon, right? Those iconic players from that, those iconic Red Sox teams, uh, who, which I hated growing up. He probably has heard of Shohei Otani, but has no interest in actually watching him play ba- play baseball. Aaron Judge went over it. Aaron Judge, super great guy. Love him on the franchise. The captain, right? Uh, just a wholesome dude. Plays baseball and chills out. He's not going out. He's not doing all these things where, you know, he's dating models and he's living this New York lifestyle. And... He's also huge. He stands out like a sore thumb. Can't necessarily go around in disguise casually in New York City without being recognized, right? Mike Trout. Fantastic baseball player. Vanilla dude. He, he, like, he enjoys fishing. That's like one of his hobbies, I think, right? Um, loves Philly sports because he's from, I think, whatever it is. Where, where are you from if you're in Jersey but you're a Philly fan? Is it South or North Jersey? I don't remember. Uh, but loves his Eagles. Um, no playoff success. None. Barely has never. He's had less than 10 at-bats in, the, in, his playoff, in his playoff career. Hard to market. Mookie Betts. Good marketable player. I, I like Mookie. I think Mookie is very marketable. Um, and he does a lot of different things. And he's someone who's fun. I think he's a lot of people's favorite players. Juan Soto. Very cool. Juan Soto is very cool. 
Um, and I think Juan Soto is someone that is easily marketable. Again, it's sometimes I forget Juan Soto is like 24 years old, which is insane just because of how great he's been for how long he's been. Right? It, it's nuts. Um, but with Juan Soto, American audience, Nolan Arenado, like the Cardinals suck. The Cardinals are bad. Not very marketable. Jose Ramirez plays for the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Garrett Cole, marketable, but he's a pitcher. Not playing every day. Manny Machado. I happen to think Manny Machado is very cool. Controversial. Some people think he's a dirty player. Or he was a dirty player, at least for a while in Baltimore. There is evidence to back that up in, in terms of like late slides, cleating people, stepping on people's ankles, stuff like that. So, not great. Number 10 they have is Sandy Alcantara, the guy who won the NL Cy Young last year. Plays for the Miami Marlins. Not a good baseball team. Well, they're better this year. They're actually pretty solid this year. But not really a strong baseball fan base in Florida, unfortunately. Like, the Rays are the best team in baseball, and they play in Tampa Bay. Notoriously terrible stadium, the Trop, right? It's... I can talk on and on and on and on and on about this. And it all stems from how I felt watching the Home Run Derby. None of this felt cool. And there, trust me, there have been times in the past couple years where I watched the Home Run Derby and I was like, this is electric. This is fun. This is what the Home Run Derby should be. Um, I, I, I think. Now that I think about it, one of my bigger pet peeves about it is how they changed it to a a timer-based system rather than just accruing the amount of outs. It used to be if you hit the ball on the ground like 10 times or whatever it is, that's it. You're out. <laughs> like that's how however many home runs you hit, that was it. Now it's like you can, it's a matter of just repetition. Just swings it, swing as many times as you can in the allotted time. And then you get bonus time also, depending on if you hit a ball X amount of feet or whatever it is. So it's you're just repetition. And some guys will go all out. I think Julio Rodriguez, you know, he didn't even win, but he hit like 40 something home runs in one round. And then in the next, Round hit like 20-something and got eliminated. So that's fun, you know, but it's even more electric when you have someone like Josh Hamilton who hit like 50 home runs in a round before he made his 10th out. That's awesome. Like, that is legendary. And obviously that goes down in baseball lore as one of the... We, we got cheated because Justin Morneau, I think, won that home run derby. Disgusting in Yankee Stadium. So, it all stems from the Home Run Derby. I just feel like there is a lack of superstar. And is it fair? Is it fair? No, it's not. Because there's a lot of foreign players in the MLB. It's the most diverse sport, I think, in, in America. You know, in terms of how many different people from different backgrounds and ethnicities and nationalities get to come together and play in the major leagues. It's incredible, and I do blame like the the media landscape. I think they do a. I th I blame the league, 
and I blame the the media landscape because they just it's just not marketed the same. Um, and a lot of these players aren't like American media is not going to cover Ronald Acuna Jr. the same way they covered Ken Griffey Jr. Which is, which is you know a shame. They should, but they don't. And without that kind of backing from these other you know media outlets and stuff, it's it's hard to get to get traction. And I I don't know, man. And it breaks my heart to to just and I I really I wish I had a solution. I wish I had a solution. I really do. Well, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what it is. Um or I, I couldn't even begin to think about where baseball needs to, to change. Um I think they might be able to if they just look back at you know how many like look you know how many times they reference Ken Griffey Jr. in the home run derby because it's in Seattle and Griffey won it and just you know, had just so many fun moments at the home run derby. It, it's hard when your best players aren't doing it. And it's kind of like the, the slam dunk contest almost in the NBA where it's like the best players aren't doing it. And a lot of guys now who aren't even in the all-star game, it used to be just, if you were an all-star, you could compete. If you weren't an all-star, you couldn't compete. Now everyone's able to do it. So it's, it's lame. Like, it's not, like, exclusive. Like, anyone can do it, which I don't really like. Um, but with the, with the home run derby, it's not, I don't think it's like that. But it just feels, it feels less impressive than it used to. Um, and maybe, you know, the MLB should look back at the 90s and 2000s and see what made them great. Uh, aesthetically speaking, I don't know when this shift happened. It happened in the NBA too. I don't know when this shift happened from where, if you look back at the old, um, at the older home run derbies, when you competed in the home run derby, you wore the, uh, all-star game jerseys and then like your team hat or something like that. Um, but everyone at the festivities was wearing the American and National League jerseys for the All-Star game. And then during the game, you would wear your own team's individual jerseys. Whether you were home or away, you'd wear those jerseys. So I don't know when this switch happened, but now players wear their team jerseys during the home run derby. And then during the game, they wear the American and National League jerseys, which are often disgusting. Uh, There hasn't been a very good All-Star jersey in quite some time. And I, I get, I, I would guess the point is to be like these indiv- individual players are competing individually and then they rep their team. And then when they're in the all-star game, it's kind of like a league versus league thing. So you want to represent that, but it's not as cool looking. And the same thing happened with the NBA, uh, who they now wear these disgusting, usually disgusting all-star game jerseys playing against each other. And they used to be able to wear their own team jerseys. And I guess maybe it would get a little confusing as to, you know, what team's on what team, even though it's not, you know, one team wear their white jerseys, the other team wear the colored jerseys. And 
just play. Like you're going to be able to tell if, if someone's in a different color, they're on your team. If someone's in white, they're not. It's not hard. You know, these people aren't idiots. They're, they're smart. They're grown men. Um, but it's just like, it's grow. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It's, that, that, that's a small pet peeve kind of thing, but I just, I wish they went back to being able to wear their team jerseys during the games. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I can go on and on and on about baseball and their and their marketing and how I used to see it and how I see it now and how other people used to see it and how they see it now and how the media portrays it and all that kind of stuff. But let's move on. Uh, there are some trailers, some movie trailers that came out today. I'm watching Secret Invasion, by the way, on Disney+. Plus. It's good Marvel. Finally, it's good Marvel, which I'm really excited about. And the other thing I'm excited about, of course, is the release of Deadpool. Deadpool, Hugh Jackman, and Ryan Reynolds both posted on their Instagrams the first image of Wolverine and Deadpool together in the movie. Wolverine has his uh, iconic, comic-accurate yellow and blue suit. He has full sleeves on, which... I'm going to go ahead and safely assume that at some point those sleeves will be ripped off and then it'll be like incredibly comic accurate, but they both look great. Like I'm so excited for this movie and I'm so happy that it's happening. And on top of that, there's already a confirmation basically that Jennifer Gardner's Electra and um, Ben Affleck's Daredevil are going to return for this movie. And probably a bunch of other people. So the theory that's floating around in the Marvel uh, fandom is that it is a loose adaptation of Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, which is a real comic book storyline. Um, but rather than Deadpool, you know, killing the actual Marvel Universe, he goes around and kills um, the Fox Marvel Universe. So the Fantastic Four, the X, which if imagine if Chris Evans popped up on our screens as Johnny Storm, that would be so sick. But if it's something to that tune, I think we should be getting a lot of cameos. There are all there are already a couple that have leaked, like I said, with Ben Affleck and um, Jennifer Gardner is one that's people are, are saying that that is basically certainly definitely happening and maybe disney allowed that to happen that way you know there's some rumblings and they get the hype built up i'm convinced that sometimes that happens um not convinced it's pretty obvious that it happens but there's um if that if that happens then we can be in for like a slew of different cameos from all these different actors that haven't played these roles in a long time but will come back for it and we know that Deadpool is capable now of doing that because he jumped to X-Men Origins Wolverine and he killed himself. He killed that version of Deadpool that was very like embarrassing and weird, but it technically served as Ryan Reynolds' um, jumping off point into being Wade Wilson and to making Deadpool a real thing for Disney. And for Fox, um, or for Fox, I should say, and by extension, Disney, after they bought Fox Studios. So I'm super excited for this movie. 
I don't think. Does it have a release date? Is it next year? Because they're Deadpool 3 release date. There it is. Um, May of 2024. So May of next year. It said May. It says May 3rd of next year. But uh, we'll see if that. The, if the other ones um, hold out. Deadpool 2 was released in May of 2018. But 2018 was Deadpool 2? Oh, my God. So it's been six years, two years. Deadpool was February 2016. Deadpool 2 was May 2018. Deadpool 3's 2024. That's crazy. Anyway, very excited to see Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine, of course. Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. It's, um, I'm excited. I'm really excited. It's going to be awesome. I don't know if they're done shooting yet or if they're continuing to shoot, but I am definitely a little nervous how the writer's strike is going to affect this movie because if they are making it right now um, and, you know, they're affected with the writer's strike just as much as anyone else. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I hope it doesn't. um, I hope it it doesn't suck. I, I don't think it will. I, I I don't think Ryan Reynolds would really allow that to happen just because this is really his, this is like his baby, right? Because he worked so hard to get Deadpool made and now it's this franchise, this really successful franchise. So I don't think he's going to do anything to, you know, screw it over or if the dialogue's not right, I'm sure he could fix it, I guess. I don't know, but. I was just thinking about that. If they if they were doing all this during the writer's strike, it might be a little. Uh, I, I don't. I hope it. I hope it's not. <laughs> I hope it's not. Uh, some other trailers that came out this week. What else? Wonka looks kind of weird. I don't know. Um, Wonka is with Timothy Chalamet. It's an origin story movie about how Willy Wonka be- became. Or how he built his his chocolate factory empire or whatever. And it looks like whimsical, kind of kind of weird, kind of out there. Uh, which I think is the point because Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a weird movie. And they're really trying to capture that essence of chocolate and how it's weird. And, you know, he... I, I don't, it, could, it could be a movie that I think people go and they say, wow, that was really, really good. Or, wow, that was um, horrible. I'm not sure which side of the aisle the majority will land on. I don't think... You're not going to walk out of that movie. This is just my gut feeling based on the first this trailer that I saw. You're not going to walk out of that movie thinking like, ah, that was fine. You're going to be pulled in one direction or that. Either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. Uh, that's not look. That doesn't look like a movie that's going to invoke just like a shoulder shrug and then i saw there's an ahsoka trailer that came out which is why i meant i mentioned that's more disney so i mentioned the uh secret invasion's been very good i've enjoyed that quite a bit uh ahsoka i don't know this one i uh i i've been i've soured on star wars certainly um and I've soured on Marvel, but at least they have been putting out or have been trying to put out stuff that is de- like they've gotten Guardians and now Secret Invasion, both of which I was like, good. 
Like I'm I'm good. Those were those were good stuff. And so now I, I've kind of washed a lot of that sour taste out of my mouth after Ant-Man and Thor and all that kind of stuff. So it's been they're on a they're on a hot streak, one would say. But Ahsoka, Star Wars, Star Wars has just uh been horrible. I didn't even uh what did I not finish? I didn't finish something. Um what was the last thing that even came out? I don't remember. But it, it was I don't know. Star Wars stinks, man. <laughs> Star Wars. Oh god. I just the I'm sick of the Disney Plus content, man. There is there is no show. Not one. There is not one show that Disney can make to put on Disney Plus that is going to save Star Wars right now. They need a movie and they need a good one. And I do not trust them to do it. So, am I going to watch the Ahsoka series? Maybe. Hard maybe. I think the Deadpool news is just what makes me happy. The Deadpool news is what makes me happy. And that's what I'm going to choose to focus on there in my mind. Uh, Just... We're about a year out, less than a year out from Deadpool, and that'll be great. And I'll just, I'll deal with that. Um, I would like to see, let me see what the, like, what is the next Marvel movie coming out? That's what I want to know. I don't, oh, the Marvels. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm not seeing that. Uh, wow, these are just. There's like nothing here. Um, Craven, <laughs> Craven movies coming out from Sony. That looks so freaking bad. Oh my god. I might watch it though. I might watch it. Um, it's just so funny to me that Sony is like taking these iconic Spider-Man villains who are so iconic because of their ties to Spider-Man. Like it, what's it's what makes them interesting. Like, Venom is an interesting character because he does flip-flop back and forth a little bit, but he does, at his core, hate Spider-Man. He, he blames Spider-Man falsely, of course, because Eddie Brock kind of messed up his life himself, but he blames Spider-Man for ruining his life. That's why he hates Spider-Man. And then the symbiote suit hates Spider-Man because it rejected him. Craven. His relationship with Spider-Man is that Spider-Man is like the ultimate hunt for him. He's like this crazy, strong ref- villain of, or hero with these reflexes that rival his own. And he's like the ultimate hunter. And he's so cool. But he has this human side to him as well. So it now you're just... To take Spider-Man out of the equation for both of these guys is just so weird to me. And I, I don't... I don't know. The Venom movies were like, okay, I guess. Uh, but the Marvels is in 2023. Craven is in 2023. They're they're both in the fall, I think. And it is Deadpool. Oh, Deadpool. The Thunderbolts. Um, is a twenty is slated for 2024. Captain America: Brave New World is slated for 2024. And yeah, I think that's Marvel. Um, Spider-Man, 
Beyond the Spider-Verse is also slated for 2024, but I don't know if that might get pushed back. Uh, here. Oh, the Rotten Tomatoes. Look at that. June 2023. Your full list of upcoming Marvel movies. So, Secret Invasion, which I'm watching. Good show. Should watch. Oh, Loki Season 2, October 2023. Okay, I'll watch that. I enjoyed Loki. The Marvels, I won't be going to see that, probably. Not probably, I won't. Echo Season 1 in November of 2023. Um, Unless they have, like, some real heavy-hitting Daredevil and Kingpin stuff, I'm not sure if I'm going to watch that either. Ironheart Series in 2024, I will not watch that. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, 2024, that's a maybe. Daredevil, Born Again, Spring 2024, I'll definitely watch that. Deadpool 3, we mentioned, in May of 2024. Captain America, Brave New World, in July of 2024. So 2024 is really when shit's kicking off for Marvel, it looks like. The Thunderbolt in December 2024. This says Blade has a February 2025 release date. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, that one, I don't know. That one, I don't know. But apparently, Blade is supposed to be the one that is ending Phase 6. Sure. We'll see. And tonight, so there's the MLB All-Star game tonight, but I'm also going to see the new Mission Impossible movie, uh, Part 1. What is it? Dead Reckoning Part 1. Super excited for that. Tom Cruise's Elite. That movie is sure to be, at the very least, incredibly entertaining. <laughs> Um, but you know, the last two or three Mission Impossible movies, I think have really ramped up, uh, story-wise they've done a really good job because the early ones, remember the stories weren't great. Um, and they weren't even cohesive. They were just kind of one-offs and great action, like choreography and all that kind of stuff. But now the stories have really kind of started co to congeal together and have been telling a cohesive thing so uh very excited to see what it is and now obviously it's being it has been marketed from the very beginning as a part one so the story of course will be in most likelihood left on a cliffhanger uh, i actually saw ap news like the entertainment sector of of ap tweeted out a uh, a video of tom cruise saying they're working on it like because they want to go to space for the next movie, he's like, yeah, we're working on it, we're working on it. And I was like, Fast and Furious did that two movies ago. The revolutionary stuff they have. Vin Diesel and the Fast franchise. Revolutionary. <laughs> A revolutionary action franchise. Forget Mission Impossible. It's the Fast and the Furious, baby. Alright, uh, I think that's all. I, I exhausted all my emotional state. Uh, talking about the MLB. So I just wanted to talk about movies for a little bit here. But that'll do it. For this episode, from my point of view, thank you all for listening. I appreciate you all as always. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you all next Tuesday.